0: The following program is a podcast1.com production. And here it is. Yeah! Buddy! <clears throat> yeah, buddy. It's the Mike and Drew podcast. This sounds terrible. It does sound terrible. Yeah. Well,
1: this. From there it goes. It sounds better. Uh, uh, so, Dr. Drew, how the hell are you? I'm still like 98%. I'm, I'm, I'm first day of feeling like a human was yesterday. I still feel a little weird. A little Got a little weird whatever going on. But our brackets went over well. Yeah, they did. Yeah,
0: they went over so well. Now I'm being told don't do one tonight.
1: I know. <laughs> well, people are afraid that we're going to run out of, uh, you know, run out of material. They don't trust us. They don't trust you. Well, It's impossible. We do
0: it once a week. Ugh. I can come up with awesome brackets every once a week. We'll have, we'll we have, have open forums five nights mm. a
1: week on Loveline, which I can't believe after all these years we kept doing it and come up with t- stuff every night. And by the way. That last night was really interesting. I yeah, it was. All right. I so. want to do another,
0: like, denser one coming up soon. Like what? Well, we do a lot of ones to just cleanse our palates and, like, be like, hey, you broke your dick. Call <laughs> it, you know. <laughs> But, we need to do one like like <laughs> um, you don't believe uh addiction's a
1: disease uh, we've and, done that before I know like well, but I like when we do those everyone like that, that one though runs thin fast because well, because you just shoot everybody down. yeah I, I i have two I have it too well thought out, and they're calling in with half baked ideas, and that's not fair, honestly, I mean, it's something I've spent my life thinking about, so it's I know, not fair. but
0: I just always like the dick who calls up he's like, it's all about willpower, bro <laughs> huh. Ugh. Um. There's uh. The, or okay, fine. Uh. Do you believe in same-sex marriage? You know, like yeah, something. Like something, I, I always love when we do those kind of more heady, a
1: little politically, yeah. a little bit. Okay, there we go. I've had terrible, terrible <laughs> GI problem. Remember when I was in here on thir- <laughs> whatever that was Wednesday? That was yeah. Bad times. You're crushing. It's bad times. It was really bad. You know, we're having some broads on later tonight on Loveline. You better watch out they're gonna. Well, just blame it on me. No, the dog. Blame it on the dog. You're like blaming it on the dog. There's no dog here. I'm just saying. I said blame it on you. I, I like think it on the dog. I think you've gone insane. Really? Yes. <sighs> it's possible.
0: Because your arguments lately are that of like my mom's friends. Well, I, I've been sick, right? I understand.
1: And I think I get regressive when I'm like that.
0: Yeah. The other night you tried to tell me that
1: me having sex with girls who were sluts is the same as dealing crack. No what I was saying, you missed my point. I don't want to fight it out on the air. This is actually worthy of the podcast. Okay. What I was saying was is that you are an attractive man. And for some women who Thank are, you, Drew. And it's for some just like an attractive woman for some men, if they are prone to sex and love addiction, you become the drug. Okay. That's all I was saying. And I, what I was saying was that you were indulging yourself while they indulge their addiction. Okay. And as such, that's harmful for them is the only point I was making because you, you were saying that they were willful. It was on their own terms. It was up to them. You didn't force anybody to rape anybody. I said, yeah, but you were you were handing them crack. Now, you got something out of it, I understand, but you're, you're handing them crack. I said, I, I get where you're going. This was my argument. I was like – do, totally, do you understand now? I totally agree well, with,
0: with what you just said. Okay. That's all. That's and all I, I totally agreed with you on the air. But I said you can't say that it's tantamount to dealing crack. And you're like, no, no not, well, yeah. not dealing. And, the, crack. And, the, and, the, and you said, and these are your exact words. I'm just saying. And I go, no, you're not just saying. Oh, <laughs> well, I would. But insane. you know
1: what? You know what? I, I'm remembering that moment. I was thinking to myself. Oh, fuck, I'm so fucking tired. I, I can't, can't even fight talk, this. Yeah. I can't even. Fight. It's not even worth so, it. So, so that was why. That was. That's where I just, I'm just saying came from. Because I was like, fuck, I can't even defend myself. But, but yeah. if you want to have it out now, I, I agree with you. It's not dealing crack. It's. It's friendly handing somebody crack, which is different than dealing crack. I'll grant you that. Yeah, if you're
0: if you yeah, have you're not to making, have some crack, right? And you're sharing you're, crack. And Like someone who smokes, it's like, hey, can I get some of that? And you're like, yeah, sure.
1: Right. Yeah. And and that's that's not good for the spirit. I'm saying, yeah. all right, that's all I'm saying. I, I'm just saying because I was making the point because you you said you were making the point that it was completely consensual and you're off scot free because you know what the hell, it's up to them. And I'm saying, yeah, it's on them, but it's on you got you got to. You play a role. You're part of the process. There is something beautiful in delivering the dick, though. Uh, listen, I understand. Just like I, I've talked to people that hand people crack, say the same shit.
0: No, this, but they're wrong. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's nothing but beautiful. The dick delivery, man. He's got. Well, there's it going. nothing
0: beautiful about crack. I mean, there is. A, a How about people
1: day? that hand over hallucinogens and go, man? It expanded their, expanded their, you know, their,
0: Well, there, there's some argument there. There's some argument. I mean, there's there really some is. argument
1: there. That's right. Yeah, but it's not a good thing. I'm just saying, I I, I know
0: I use cocaine and crack a lot. And there is a lot of beauty in the idea of sex and lovemaking. Certain circumstances can turn that around and make it into something harmful. But there's no upside to
1: someone giving crack out. Like, like there's never a benefit to crack. Except for the person that's getting it. uh, And... You know, you're I'm sure you were happy with your friends that were hanging your you crack at one time. Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, I, I got a tweet right now, right. it's from Molly Ellen B. What the hell is her bitch. Name? at B, Kababi Lom. Um, Lendale, she heard me say, <laughs> say that, um, what attracts us to one another is pathology, and she was sort of confused by that.
0: Yeah, when did you say that? I've said it over,
1: over the years many, many times, okay, that. that that the that fundamentally, oftentimes, what attraction is, is the sickest part of one person attracted to the sickest part of another. Okay. Right? And so we spend all of our time on Love Line talking to people who have broken pickers, right? Right. Because they had some trauma in childhood. And whatever it is about trauma, it wires into our brain an attraction to people and circumstances that are essentially identical to the original perpetrators and circumstances. So we end up reaching into the world and recreating the circumstances over and over and over again. So the person that we cast in that role of perpetrator, that's their pathology. And our pathology is being attracted to them. If what's, we're a trauma survivor.
0: What's like the Courtney Stodden type person? What's what's up with that?
1: I couldn't figure her out. I, I met her a couple times. I, I don't know what that was and and the mom was co-signing all that shit too.
0: Right, that's what I'm saying. Like where like what
1: like those families, what's going on? Uh, to me that that was not whatever it was, it was not the usual stuff. Hmm. At least I couldn't I couldn't shake it out. Yeah. Uh, what do you think it was? I don't know.
0: I just wish she was hotter.
1: Which, what how she must be in her 20s now, right? I don't fucking know. Yeah.
0: I just like if girls are going to exploit themselves like that and put. I just want
1: him to be better looking. Mm. Well, yeah. he was happy. He's like fifty-five or something. She yeah, was, but he sucks too. Well, that's the point. Why? Why would you know for sure he sucks, right? Because he's with a seventeen-year-old. Like, what but, is? Yeah, right. And so you got to ask, well, what's up with her? That she. Well, the reason okay. the reason
0: I brought her up is because you said uh, what attracts us is our pathology. So I'm thinking, like, what happens in fifty-five-year-old guy's head? What's his pathology too? six 17 year old with like like her 13th implant she didn't have implants she fuck you dude. i did the ultrasound on her breast she did
1: not have implants
0: then she's she she's like she She may have them now but when she was she is to tits what like herschel walker is to athletics like some every once in a while something just happens where where you hit the gold mine of genetics yeah you know and and we
1: literally did ultrasounds to prove that she had them mm -hmm. and they were just not there Damn. Yeah. That did was, you get to
0: feel uh, their tits when you did the old
1: challenge? No, the, the, the tech did. I was standing right there while the tech did it. Damn. And, uh, and that's uh, welcome to daytime television. So yeah. Pr- so proud.
0: What? I know you say, look, I'm a doctor, and I understand it is, it's real business. It's not a joke. It's not. I mean, yeah. going to medical school and becoming a real doctor, yeah. it's what 99.9% of all doctors have always taken very seriously, and they don't ever... Let the lines get blurred, you know, between like uh, the the responsibility as a doctor is taken very seriously, and I understand that. Every once in a while, you know, once every ten years, there's some doctor who takes advantage of.
1: There's a bunch of them out there, yeah. Yeah.
0: But like, I have a hard time believing a male doctor. Like somewhere, someplace, Kate Kate Upton has a gynecologist. Yeah. How okay? No matter how serious you are about your job and that, what is it the Hippocratic oath? Hippocratic oath. When Kate Upton shows you her pussy, like that takes
1: over your biology as a no, man. No. Because you you were like, it, it's literally like uh, you prepare to go in. I understand that. You know what I'm saying? And
0: I'm sure uh, the guy works. He, I'm sure he's not like feeling her up or dealing. No. I'm just saying internally, how, you know, like Megan Fox shows her pussy to someone. She mm. has children. Mm. Okay. You're her doctor. If that's a male, there's so, like internally something happens.
1: You can't just be like, i I'm, I'm now non-animal human being reminds me of that it reminds me of that song in the Book of Mormon you turn it off <laughs> I remember that song you know what I'm talking about I still haven't seen Book of Mormon oh my god it's 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 uh, uh, several of the Mormon um, uh, missionaries are gay yeah and they're they're sort of fantasizing about the, what their fantasies were and they go and then what you do is you turn it off <laughs> and they, they, it's very funny What if we had glasses? Okay, for, for, I I want to get to my next theory, but... Well, I, I want to talk about... But wait, but,
0: but, but wait, no, explain that to me, because I give doctors the benefit of the doubt. I do believe... You, you have I don't a, believe Megan Fox's doctor jerks it's off. It's the same in.
1: thing that lets you go in there when somebody's fucking sliced up there for a car accident and just focus on doing your job. No, it's
0: not and the same they, thing. It
1: is, and not going, oh, my God. It, it's it's you, you just focus on doing your job, and your focus is so intense that you just laser beam through whatever, whether it's something super good or super bad. You just focus no it's not the same thing it is the same i'm telling you because same mechanism it's okay i'm
0: sure you it's the same part of your brain that you have to train yeah because you're right i mean my my nephew is a paramedic yeah and now he's now a fireman i apologize but he was a paramedic for a long time and you know my nephew tommy didn't often see brain splattered or like and then eventually he got to the point where that was not at all a big deal right it was just Hey, man, I got to go pick up a dude who just fell off a motorcycle right. going 90. That's right. And that's the deal. Yeah. But I'm saying the average gynecologist, although he is he or she, I I, I would like to use the analogy of, uh, excuse me, use the example of a male gynecologist because yeah. it only works. That's fine. Being a guy, I know how, look, like like we all have urges and we all have instinctive urges feelings we tell that to young ladies who call up on love line all the time look your boyfriend's gonna look at the swimsuit yeah, yeah. Uh, magazine and the and porn it doesn't mean he doesn't love you it's just right. that guys need to see that shit right and when the girl when the one the percent of the best looking women in the world go to their gynecologist i find it hard to believe that regardless of how well that man does his job and how professional he is inside you got to be like oh
1: yeah, mm-hmm. he'll make note just the way he would make note of or something awful, and he had to go. Ugh! Oh God, I got to keep going. You know, you'd make no. You, you, it registers, and then you focus. Yeah, and and by the way, you know, your your paramedic nephew is it? Yeah. 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 yeah most of the time, he was picking up people with chest pain and shortness of breath and transferring people yeah. out of a nursing home. You didn't see the the motorcycle accident it was once a month or something. It's crazy you know. because it's crazy brought that
0: up, he just moved to New Mexico. Uh, he's a he's a air uh, like a helicopter fire firefighter in the high desert and yeah when they have those huge massive yeah uh fires you know he drops in off a helicopter and hoses those down and he said that you know it's so crazy because being a fireman for a short time in los angeles county 95 percent of what you do is deal with homeless guys who get in fistfights right right and he's like now i i fight fires right it's it's such a yeah weird difference you know 5% of what he did was go into a burning house. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. That shit goes down. But he said the majority is like a guy busting another guy's
1: nose on the corner of Crenshaw and Slauson, you know? Yeah. Or a car accident. Yeah. Um, But I do want to get into from all this physician stuff into your thoughts about Dr. Oz. I like Dr. Oz. But that whole thing he got himself into. Because I I said, I made a simple statement on the Adam and Drew show. I I should go re-listen to what I said and see if I'm accurately portraying this. But my recollection about what I said was, because people have been attacking me for it, was that, hey, the guy was doing a television show. He was reading a prompter. Yeah. And believe me, they made him say stuff that he didn't want to say at first, and he sure. kind of probably got used to saying stuff that was just sort of daytime television-y. And, and I'm sure he believes some of what it, he's Right. Saying, <laughs> Whatever promote product he was promoting probably does have some benefit. Well, he, he is interested in helping people manage their diet and healthy living, and trying to find whatever edge there might be, and he used language that overstates it. I mean, it overstates it, but it's not like it came out of his head. It came off a teleprompter. You know what I'm saying? But, Drew, to
0: be fair, does he have a responsibility even though he's on TV? He is a doctor. That's right. And he's not
1: Dr. Phil. He's a real doctor. No, that's right. And so that's the question. So the question is, now, if if he's in there, because people don't have the... I have the perspective, having done these damn shows, that, that I know he has, which is... Somebody's going. Uh, just read it. Just read it. And then he doesn't read it. They get shitty ratings. He gets threatened with his job. And goes, "Why don't you try reading it again? Just, uh, just try. Trust us. Trust us. Just read this language. I understand it's may not be exactly right, but you can, can come back around and explain sure. it. Just, just at least a promo, as a promo. Just read it. Does that a couple times, and then it's game on. Then he forgets what he's. You know, he just he's just in. He's jumped in it now, and it's now. I agree. He should be able to keep the focus enough that everything is exquisitely accurate. I agree. I'm not I'm not defending it as a good sure. thing. I'm just explaining by way I could see how it could happen. I
0: but- want to defend Dr. Oz from this perspective. I do not have the perspective of a doctor, but I do have the perspective of a very educated consumer when it comes to health and fitness yep. and diet. Yeah. And you have no one else to blame but yourself, dumb public. <laughs> because well, if no, because if Dr. Oz was to go on TV and to truly uh, espouse what he believed in to work thoroughly and consistently for health and fitness. He would be kicked off television. in that's right.
1: One fucking week. No, when not kicked off. He'd have no more shows to do. Right. Because it, you run out of things to say after about three three episodes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my point. And so if you're going to do something on health and wellness and, and make it television, I don't. I don't know that he had an option. I. I, I, I don't, I've I don't said know. Th-
0: I've used the same defense for. Um, uh you know there's a very um there's a very smart gentleman a guy I respect very much he's a journalist he used to he founded the young Turks uh what's his name uh-huh. uh God I wish I could remember he has a very uh, exotic name um anyway but let me and he essentially started his career really making money once the young Turks became such a powerful force on the internet yeah MSNBC yeah. brought him in as a right. broadcaster right. and when he was Faced with the the conflict of, do I report what they're making me report, or do I give my real view, a journalistic view of the news, he left because he already had the Young Turks in. And I always give the defense of the MSNBCs, the Fox Newses, the CNNs of the world because I, I say, listen, you can't beat up on them for doing stories about about histrionic stuff about this insane stuff about these banal the, dumb stories the play, the play, because because if you were to do very, very in-depth very balanced views of current events and and uh, and, and, and world uh, topics it would be so fucking boring to the average viewer that they would turn the channel and no one would watch it and that's exactly what happened with Current TV and, and Al Jazeera that, that, America that is the
1: point Is there would be no Station. So be everybody, no business. There's so, so no that's, one th- to blame but the consumer. That's exactly right. Now, I don't want, but but I don't want to blame the consumer, except to say that it, 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 the consumer is what has created, um, created the circumstance that that the networks are responding to, and, and it's all right. And my thing is, listen. Here's my thing. Now, I, I'm not saying, I'm not justifying it. I'm just trying to break it down a little bit here. But I'd much rather have a Dr. Oz in the mix on television than just about anybody else because he's a well-trained cardiothoracic surgeon. Dr. Oz
0: is, if you correct me, it's like you've said one of the best – He's a cardiologist right there. He's a surgeon. Yeah. He's
1: a chest surgeon. That's the top Cenk, of the heap.
0: Jank Uger is the okay. gentleman I was referring to.
1: So I just want to give him a, a He's the top of the heap. He's a smart guy, and he knows what he's doing. And he's never practiced general medicine, so he's never actually worked with patients in terms of changing their diet and stuff like that. And if he if he, if he he had, he'd probably be less enthusiastic about these things Yeah, because it's really hard to get people to change, really hard. Uh, but- you well, know, that's I, that's the another thing. I don't see it's any harm in it. That's I, I, another that's, thing is that it the
0: the change of the human condition is near impossible, and it's very. I'm glad we're talking about health and fitness and yeah. and n- news yeah. because like the idea of changing people's political views or their ideas on a certain it's just issue, just changing what time
1: you eat lunch, right, it's it's is people It's
0: near change. impossible. So what you have to do is then pander to ideology, mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like there's no point in trying to give real views of climate change on Fox News because you're not going to get like a guy like my dad to change, just radically change his view on right. it. So you might as well just get guys on there who are old and white and go, that's ah, all a hippie liberal, you know. Yeah. Be and and then they go, ah, that's funny, you know. And and it is like, I the the quick the quicker people can understand that the easier, like, the happier we'll be,
1: you know? Well, it's interesting. Um, I had a guy on my podcast today, the Dr. Drew podcast, who told me a little about the history of journalism, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it's uh, it's very different than we think. Right. Well,
0: I think that a lot of, correct me if I'm wrong, most people assume that journalism has always have
1: been held in high regards. No. And always been,
0: no. And then lately, tabloid journalism has taken over. No, the,
1: oh, he said the only reason that the, uh, journalism journalism had a professional objectivity – is when the subscription model for newspapers developed. When it was extra, extra read all about it, they would just say the most salacious bullshit they could get their hands on. Turn of the century. Turn of the century was horrible. It was like, there's dragons in Idaho. And and in the 19th century, it was just strictly a political rag. I mean, if you read the the Republican versus the Democratic papers reporting on, say, a Abraham Lincoln speech. Yeah. You wouldn't. You could not believe they were listening to the same speech. Sure, sure, It's quoted completely differently. It's it's completely distorted, and they didn't have any problem with that. Yeah, I mean, it's the way
0: they expected. Af- athletes and fighters at the turn of the century. Um, it's like uh, it's like Kim Jong Il used to be where it's like yeah. he had f- nineteen yeah. consecutive hole in ones. Right. Uh, there, you know, the stories of real professional boxers, not these guys. Yeah. It's like he's beaten fifty men with one hand yeah. tied behind his back, yeah. and that was in like the newspaper.
1: Right. You know, you got to understand that. But when the subscription model developed, people expect that they paid a a returning revenue, a monthly sure. monthly subscription, for one something that they wanted to be objective rather than catching someone's attention on the street corner because a kid's yelling out "extra, extra!" read all about it. But, but my point is, I'd rather have him in there, Oz, in there because listen, on the heels of these things that may be a little bit excessive, mm-hmm. and, and they are excessive, the things he's he's touting. Are stories that are good. I mean, I did a series, a bunch of stories with him this year that I thought were very well done, and, and and clear, and good, and educational. And so maybe he attracts the eyes and gets the excitement going talking about green coffee bean. Who who cares? It's right. a miracle. It's a green coffee bean. Well, you know, I hope he doesn't use those kinds of words in the future because it's it is excessive. It's not true. But on the heels of that, if he gets enough people and he can and he's responsible and careful in what he presents. You can present some good information. Right. That's all I'm saying. we got to take a real quick break here on the Mike and Dr. Drew Show. Don't move. Buying a car can be a stressful experience, but True Car is changing car buying forever. Yes, TrueCar helps car buyers get rid of the fear that they might overpay. Last month, over 45,000 cars were sold by the True Car Certified Dealer Network and TrueCar.com. Users save an average of $3,046 off MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these three easy steps. First, go to TrueCar.com and find out what other people paid for the car you're looking for. Then, register at TrueCar.com to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. And the third step is simple. Just print out your TrueCar savings certificate and take it to the TrueCar certified dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience. Some features are not available in all states. Every day, TrueCar.com users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings save time save money and never overpay visit truecar.com today that's truecar.com hey this is ross tucker from the very cleverly named ross tucker football podcast if you like football i mean come on who doesn't anymore make sure you listen to the world's smartest meathead
0: at ross or podcast1.com i promise you'll learn a lot
1: laugh a little and hopefully not cry unless you want to i guess again that's the ross tucker football podcast at podcast one.com
0: welcome back to the mike and dr drew show we are talking about dr
1: oz and the only real doctor in the media is sanjay and, and oz yeah you're talking about dr gupta, yeah, uh, sanjay. Sanjay. gupta yeah. And, yeah. and uh and, Matt, and that's about it everybody else is psychologists or uh, the only physicians yeah and and we need physicians in the media. And if the only way the physicians can be listened to is if they engage in journalistic excesses once in a while, I, I, you know, I got to watch. You got to be careful and don't fall victim to what the producers make you do. But let's not let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Let's not condemn yeah. this guy. Yeah, come on now.
0: I agree. I agree completely. But I also am like, and I know this is such a hackneyed argument. I'm getting tired of of how diluted the. Kind of conflict resolution is in this country with
1: social media and stuff. And by the way, before you say that, why isn't anybody saying, "Hey, isn't is this big farmer or something coming after him through their cronies on on uh, in Congress?" Yeah, and why are they coming after him? It is who, strange. Who, yeah, who who decided that they needed to come after him? Well, I you mean, know what I'm cause, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, there's something there's something going on there. Is all I'm saying, and I'm not a conspiracy guy. I'm not a paranoid. Why, why? Why? Well, Congress. He has to go to a Congress because he fucking used flowery language. And when he it say, comes to big big pharma, I am a conspiracy. Well, well, maybe it's not big pharma. Maybe it's maybe it's other. I'll tell you who. Nutrition really, supplement companies. And yeah. you know they have tons of money, tons of power, right? Trillions. Okay, maybe it's them. It's a trillion dollar industry. Maybe it's them. Yeah. Maybe they're the ones pushing their their bullshit through Congress to, to come to crush us. Yeah, I, or maybe it's some dietary people. Who, who knows?
0: Well, I that that world of of medicines and 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 uh, nutritional supplements. Yeah, both worlds, especially when they're in collusion, is a very strange place. I mean, just look at what happened with uh, what was the drug we were talking about the other day, uh, Quaaludes. Yeah, I mean, look at Quaaludes. It's just a weird world that all of a sudden they decide. Well, uh, we're in an embargo with China, and that's the only place they can really get the raw product. To- it's just not going to exist anymore. We're just no more Quaaludes. Yeah, because people always say, "Well, they just came up with a better drug." Well, they they improve upon drugs over the years, yeah. infinitely. But they're still opium. Yeah, it's not like it went away. Quaaludes went away. Yeah, and like they they uh, collectively pharma- pharmaceutical companies made it go away. There was another thing like a lot of people used to use in the seventies, uh, very uh, innocuous, but it was good for like joint and joint pain and stuff like that and that was right as the big rise of the nasa nsaids were coming out the non-steroidal anti-inflammatories and they just buried it what and was that, it it was just like calcium uh, like a certain type of calcium stuff and guys used to rub it like like bengay on mm-hmm. their on their joint sore joints and stuff and they like uh the the ibuprofen and the bengays or the ibuprofen the tylenol type people they just they just fucking buried it they're like nah we're just gonna make it so you can't get your hands on it mm. and uh, like wrestlers and fighters in the 70s All use this stuff and now you just can't buy it, you Hmm. know? And so it's a weird world where they can kind of like blacklist shit, you know? Hmm. But it's also, it's also strange. Like people are so weird with stuff they put on and in their bodies. Mm -hmm. It's really weird, man. How people just, like, I can't tell you how many like vegan, super hippie people I know that smoke. Right. You know, or, 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 um, like, uh. Like, Krista, our old phone screen, is a perfect example. She was was getting on her boyfriend, Dave, the King of Mexico, for eating, like, unhealthy foods. And she really is a very fitness-oriented person. She works out very hard and eats right and stuff. But I remember her at Coachella one year drinking regular beer, like, regular Budweiser, just guzzling it and, like, yelling at Dave for eating nachos. (laughs) I was like, well... I mean, you can't like. I understand you want to have a cocktail. I, and not everybody has to be a teetotaler like me. Yeah. But like, you know, you don't want to like a like a Jack Daniels on a Diet Coke or something. I mean, you you said seven hundred calories of nothing but shit. Yeah. and you're getting on Dave for having a hot dog or something. You uh, know, yeah, it, it's very strange how people like have this their denial.
1: Yeah. They're weird distortions and stuff. Well, that's why you can't be your own doctor, or your own coach, your own nutritionist, that kind of stuff.
0: I agree completely. You, you even if objective. you're a guy like me, I always, I, I've always I've championed that idea from the beginning yeah. that even if you're a guy like me who I, de- I without question, know what I'm doing and know what I'm eating, but I still have mentors and guys that I I follow with no exception. I talk to a professional nutritionist who has had Olympic-level history in sports, and, and when he tells me to eat, I eat it. Mm-hmm. Even if sometimes I feel like I don't agree necessarily. I follow it because everybody, no matter... Look, Kirk Hammett, to my face... Who? Kirk Hammett is the guitar player for Metallica, a little band you may have heard of. I think I have. To my face in 2005 told me, he's like, oh, well, I got to go back up to, like, in Mendocino because I got my guitar lessons, you know, three days a week. I go, wait, I'm sorry. For a second, I thought you said guitar lessons. He's like, oh, no, I still train all the time. And you... I mean, that's a perfect example. You could sell 40 million records. It doesn't mean that you can't always... Look, and maybe the guy who teaches Kurt Hammett—he wouldn't say this—isn't as good as him. Right? It doesn't matter. doesn't matter. You always have to have people that you can yep. bounce your ideas off yep. of, and having mentors is a great yep. tool to kind of
1: growing yep. in whatever field you're in or whatever your interests are. You know, I was reading some of those bullshit things that show up on Facebook today, and they were saying one of the things of, of highly successful people is they have teachers and mentors. Yeah, always. Yeah, I mean it. Yeah.
0: It's, it's, uh, there was a, a beautiful book I read. It's very short. I recommend it to everyone, no matter how your level of, uh, intelligence, your level of success in life. Um, it's not one of these books. It's like a dense hippie manual that you hear about on Oprah. And it's certainly not one of these kind of New York times bestseller business, you know, make yourself better in business type self-help book. It was just one of these things that I think kind of flew under the radar, except for really kind of. Uh, Tony Robbins type people like people who are invested in the idea of self-help it's called the greatest gift by Earl Nightingale and it came out in the 50s and it's a real predecessor to a lot of like uh clean clean up your act type thinking for a lot of books nowadays I mean and really what it's all about is understanding trade-offs in life sacrifices and and having Clear cut of clear cut ideas of the direction you want to go in, with whether it be a hobby, your career, your family life. Understanding that you can't be the most attentive dad in the world and the CEO of your company, you can you can avoid those kind of trade offs, but you can't escape it. Mm-hmm. And understanding where the line is that you want to be on, making that direct and and disciplined goal, and and going towards it, um, and, and just like cutting away the fat and and, and uh, getting some efficiency. And what you want in life, you know? I, I
1: have another book for you that uh, is similar, and it's about um, cock. No, it's about how to maintain a, a philosophy for living like that. It's called "The Obstacle Is the Way."
0: The obstacle is the way. I
1: strongly recommend it. Okay. The obstacle is the way.
0: Google it right now. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's about Stoic philosophy and how um, you know people have who really thrive in life when bad things happen don't see it as just a bad thing. It's either an opportunity or just something that the you know the, the fates have dealt you with you, and it's neither good nor bad, it's your path, and you must manage.
0: It's a very highly uh, regarded book here. Who, who's that? Amazon. Who who? What's it got? It's uh, 150 customer reviews. It's four and a half stars out of five. Yeah,
1: and the, the reason, uh, not only I like it because of the Stoic philosophy, but it's, it has historical examples. It's like one of the best little history books you're ever gonna read. Lots you, uh, of great history brought to life. You thumb through that book I gave you? It's in my, it's, it's in my reading room, which is right by, by my toilet. That's you're where, that's where to, I really get go you're going.
0: You're going to get like 40 pages in and start punching. They're like, <laughs> you're just going to see people in suits and punch them. Yeah. It's insane. It's an ins- it is the best depiction of the insanity that is the American capitalist system mm. that you, you're you going to hate. You're going to hate a lot. I hated when I, the, the what's it called? Flyboys, I believe it's called.
1: Which what's that? The book I gave you. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it doesn't have a. You took the, the cover off, so it's just a yeah. coverless book. Am I? I might have. I might have Well, I might have cockied that there.
0: No, what's the name of that goddamn book? That what? This the book? one I gave you.
1: Yeah. God
0: damn it! It's about the. It's about all the people uh, the excesses. in the, the high the high level investment bank uh, behavior leading up to
1: the two thousand eight crash. You know, one thing that concerns me about about those people which who are the point oh 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 one percent yeah is that they have tainted the top 20% which mostly is middle class yeah and as a result people are being it's the middle class is getting crushed because of the behavior of those guys it is weird Th- that that is really troubling me and by and I and I the middle class is a pretty big category these days
0: well, and it and it sucks. And it's the it, it has this, to be protected. That's what middle into, class has to be protected. Whenever we
1: get into this territory,
0: it, we always run the risk of alienating some listeners who are like, Oh, Crimea River, you're you're in the one percent you're get... but you gotta understand that really it's not the one percent of this country that you should be mad at. It's the
1: 000001
0: percent. Oh. Which and the the one percent is really part of the top thirty percent. Right. Truth so, yeah, well, it's like it's really like, top thirty. I think they did time. a breakdown. It's like if you make like three hundred grand or something or something. I don't know. But the reason that you get bumped into the one percent is because, and I'm not, uh, I'm not denigrating these places. But people in like West Virginia who make eleven thousand dollars a year, um, you know, when you're in New York City and you make a quarter million a year, it it, it, it you you this the grading scale is all skewed. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So yep. you you got to understand to live in San Francisco, New York, Chicago, and L. A. One percent really is a different thing than the average. You make seventy five thousand dollars in most cities. You are doing pretty goddamn well. Oh. You make seventy five thousand dollars and you have a family in Los Angeles. You are fucked. <laughs> I mean, you
1: are fucked. You yeah. mean you better get a second job. You know, it's interesting. My son just got back from Australia and he was saying that the prices are so inflated over there. Like yeah. everything, you know, McDonald's hamburger is like eight bucks and stuff. And I go, "What do you think that is?" He goes, "Oh, they they all know what it is. The minimum minimum wage is so high." Yeah, I thought, oh my god. Yeah, well, that's and, crazy. We
0: wonder when because the, they just wa- raise the minimum wage here in the U.S. So. And so in
1: Australia, they just raise the prices of everything. Yeah. Then, so minimum wage, even though it's a high minimum wage, doesn't buy you anymore.
0: Yeah, I always wondered what you know what the the the, the ratio of inflation to the minimum wage is. Well, uh, real real inflation
1: is labor inflation. Yeah. That's true core inflation. So I I, I I don't know what the fuck I don't know what the answer is. I smarter minds than I. Oh, economics
0: is an unbelievably fascinating uh, concept to me, the idea of real sincere study of economic systems. And, um, you know, you like a guy like a Ben Bernanke. I could talk to all my life and just n- never get bored. Yeah. But it's also to me as scary as talking to someone who works at like the CDC, you know, hearing how close we are at times a and disaster. how, how close we've come to just utter fucking disaster. Yeah. Um, and it's all really like, I know, I know I'm not the wisest guy, but really what it comes down to is we borrow too much goddamn money and we don't save enough, you know, for the most part, yeah. you know, if you look at the, the amount of credit for the average American, uh, in the last three decades is like quadruple in, uh, no, exponentially higher than it was for like three centuries before it, you know, all added up together. It's like since the mid eighties, we've just decided, oh it's not that big a deal to, Use a credit card, take loans out, do it. Even if I only make thirty five thousand a year, I can still have a credit margin of seven hundred thousand dollars. You know what I'm saying? Jesus. Like it's just I, that that prospect didn't exist until like the mid '80s. Yeah. You know, my parents would talk about. I might not my parents. My dad would tell you it's like it was just a foreign concept to in the mid '70s to like have credit cards. say like you wrote
1: you wrote checks for everything and you had cash. It's so funny. I took. I, was, I did an anthropology course when I was in college, and it had, it had a bunch of field work. We went out into Northampton, Massachusetts, and we developed relationships with people in their 80s and 90s mm-hmm. that still lived in the community. And I forget what our, we were sort of talking, It was there was goofy theories about uh, disengagement theory and stuff, it's all bullshit, it's all based on the biology, and the, these anthropologists didn't know the biology at the time. But uh, I'm, I was talking to this old man, I talked to him for like six months, and he was a German immigrant. He ran a shoe store in New Jersey in the turn of the century. Nazi shoe store? No. no. But he was in World War One, no. and he came over here after World War One. And uh, His as, name a German, was Kaiser as a German, as a German, no. no.
0: And um, and he kept wait. Saying, oh, hold on. I, I hate to. I'm not going to joke yeah, about anymore. Yeah. How was he accepted in this country post World War One as a German? Right. Did he we, just cruised out like, hey,
1: everybody, I'm cool. We just let him in, I guess. I, I don't know. Didn't work out too well for Japanese after World War II. I know. I don't know. <laughs> he listen. He showed me pictures of himself with the helmet with the spike on it. And Holy stuff. mackerel! And he said he had horses shot off from under him, and he pulled a cannon with his with his horse from across, you know, <laughs> Dusseldorf or something. I, you know, and it was I. I was too young to really ask great questions. Oh, there he is. And uh, but here's but here's the reason I tell the story. Is uh, he kept saying credit cards are the biggest problem in our? It's in insane. Our, in our, in, it was 1976. He was saying that, and he was you know he was 85 and he you know been in this country since. The when World I married 01. Bianca,
0: um, I I was lucky enough to get to a point where we went and met with our business manager, and uh, he we you know joined our money and then we did the, the married person thing where we went and kind of got an idea of our fund yeah and uh we threw out all our credit cards except for american express you know the one you pay monthly yeah and uh, he's like here you go yeah. and buy shit with that and then the rest you're right and that was like his big advice to people like us who don't really have like extensive portfolios but where the average the, the the normal consumer who happens to have
1: a good amount of well, capital. Yeah. He said
0: that's the beginning. He's like, don't, don't look it, to it, get
1: rich tomorrow, but no.
0: just don't fucking have a lot of debt. However, You'll be he,
1: good. But you could argue that with the rates as low as they are, debt is an asset ca- category now. Well- you, but how long is that going to be? Well, there's never right over the, long, the rates. you over the long it term. It is more valuable if you're holding those rates for a long term.
0: You hold you're right, with good rates, yeah. uh, you know, a good loan or a good uh, piece of uh, credit yeah. is is can be an asset. Having a having a thick credit profile can sometimes work in your favor, mm-hmm. but never over the long term is having zero debt a bad thing. Correct. Never is there a time when That's you go, thing. "Well, I have zero credit and I have yeah. zero debt." Yeah. So I mean, in the long term, that's never going to be a problem. I agree. You know?
1: I agree. Did you drink that whole thing of coffee? Yeah. Holy crap. I love the cold, cold brew coffee. I do too. I love that.
0: I think I'm going to kick it though. I think I'm going to switch. I think that's going to be my new way to taper because hmm. I've switched a lot of like, I'll, I'll, I usually have two or three servings of coffee a day hmm. uh, and I've switched to two servings of coffee a day and one just green tea. Hmm. I think my next one is switch from like cold brew and drip to Matcha. espresso. Matcha. No, so, because espresso has less caffeine. It does, I know. Yeah. So I think that, so once I'd switch to espresso, do that for a couple of months, then I could do down to like maybe just one or two, one cup of coffee overall. Okay. And then maybe just all green tea. Why? I don't know. I feel like, I feel like if I can have a more consistent energy level, it'll suit me better than having the highs and lows. I'm certainly a lot better than I am now when I used to be with like the thousand milligrams of caffeine a day. Okay where i like i feel like there was only there was only two places i was geeked out of my mind or dead tired you know what
1: i'm saying there was no middle ground you're still on the medication yeah is that affecting all that yeah good way or bad way both (laughs) oh good
0: i do feel some fatigue every once in a while where i go i know this is just from that it's kind of sucking me yeah yeah but I also feel like happy sometimes, and I know that's also from that. You know, like I also wake up in the morning. I'm like, oh, I don't want to die today. That you know, that has to be a a bonus.
1: You know, you say shit like that all the time. It makes me insane. Why? Because those are profound, painful statements.
0: I'm a super depressed dude. I was. A, I'm a super duper depressed dude, and I and I make it tolerable on the air, and I try my best to kind of. Come in with a smiley face and be nice to the people around me and Make their world better too But uh, I'm a super duper duper depressed person I'm a very, very a very darkly deeply depressed guy You know I, I, there's many a times that I cannot get out of bed or take a shower or brush my teeth It's all I can do to like get to Loveline. line Like I, I from when I wake up in the morning Till 10 o'clock at night I just am completely useless And I have to figure out some way somehow To get to the point where I can pull my way into work
1: hard to believe mm-hmm. but i'll accept it at face value and you do manage to go exercise and walk your dogs and those other things yeah. in the day too magically yeah right and those are contribute. well uh, those are good often those are often. often
0: but i mean there you know there's one or two days out of every single week uh, that i don't because i can't and do, and do that's think, well, a lot better than do you think it's from the
1: ecstasy and the lsd and stuff
0: are, i think it contributed it I, I don't know it. i don't know about lsd um, I think that maybe like lapses I have in my mind, mm. I think is from that, but I certainly think that you can't you can't fuck with your and I don't know shit about shit, but I don't think you can fuck with your serotonin and your and your uh what's the other happiness there? Norepinephrine. Norepinephrine. You can fuck with it that much over that long a period of time yeah.
1: and not have it have some long term effect. Right. You know? So so you've there's sort of a you can you have a sense that it's the backside of that injury basically.
0: No, because now that I'm starting to do more uh, aggressive therapy, I'm starting to realize like uh, ecstasy is just a fucking nice piece of icing on the cake. Like the,
1: the layers of that cake go much deeper than any ecstasy, you know? Right. But that may not be all mood, though. There may be pain and other things down there, but not necessarily a mood problem. Yeah. 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 Well, that's true. Because mood is a really specific thing, you know.
0: But I've always been in that. And I don't mean suffering from the disease of bipolar or the, yeah. uh, uh, the uh, the what is it? It's not a but see, disease. But see,
1: there's a difference between mood instability. Right. Or affect dysregulation. Okay. And depression. You know, being unregulated and uncomfortable in your own skin and life sucks and people suck is yeah, different yeah. than I'm dark and I can't get out of bed. Yeah. And, and I think the dark is injury. Yeah, I maybe. But, yeah. but. And the stuff you're doing in therapy is more tough, painful work, but it's not mood. It can affect your mood. But not moody stuff, I bet.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess. I, I but I've always been I've always kind of had that undertone of that darkness. Yeah. Him, even well before exercise. I, okay, so. okay. yeah. I mean I, I don't know. I that's for someone who's not my that's for my psychiatrist more yeah. than my psychologist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's he's a pretty interesting guy. I'd love to talk I mean I can't I can't talk about it on the air but I'd love to get that guy in here. He's super
1: buff. Be cool.
0: Yeah. Big veiny swole neck, big guns. Maybe.
1: He's Maybe he's yeah. Yeah.
0: There's a lot of those doctors out there. Uh, all right, love you everybody. I This
1: concludes another podcast1.com program.